This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, May the 15th as we are through yet another week of our new normal, as I talked about it yesterday. But March 11th, sports shut down. March 12th was the last spring training game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable to think about the fact that it is now May the 15th and we have just made it through. And, uh, and we'll continue to do so. And hopefully providing some distraction and entertainment here, talking a little baseball. And, and lately, this whole week, it's really been all about one thing. And that is the plan, the disputes, the this, the that, the all of them just getting back on the field and playing baseball and ending this long, long stretch of history without sports, which has been unprecedented in all our lifetimes. And it does seem like baseball is really the closest, most meaningful feeling of a, a major sport getting back to action. Obviously the NFL has, uh, you know, had the draft and had free agency and has had league event type stuff, but, um, no one has really, it's, it doesn't feel like anyone is close to being on the field anytime soon. And with baseball, it's really starting to feel that way. And, Look, we spent kind of the whole week talking about the dispute between the players and the owners and how I am staunchly on the side of the players for many reasons. Go back and listen to the shows. You don't need me to rehash it all. But um, open your books, owners. Uh, But um, I do think that ultimately, when all is said and done here, I think a deal will get figured out. Tit for tat, whatever it takes that ultimately um, the powers that be will realize that the detriment done to the sport by potentially not, by potentially allowing money to stop them from playing in the situation America is in right now um, is just so far greater than, than any money issues that they could be having now um, that it's just, it is such an absolute no-brainer to figure this out. And I think that ultimately... There are enough smart people involved in this that they will. Um, but obviously it's tenuous right now. But um, the reason I'm bringing this up, and we'll, we'll get some Philly stuff later, um, we think, right, is it's just been all this all the time. But um, things keep happening, and new days bring new things. And, and last night Rob Manfred went on CNN and, and gave an outline uh, interview, outlined the league's testing plan and um, what they're planning to do. Jeff Passon succinctly breaking it down, saying – the league's testing plan is testing multiple times a week for players using a facility in Utah that MLB helped convert to a COVID testing lab. 
return time on tests is less than 24 hours, instant testing for symptomatic players. Um, those who test positive will be quarantined until they test negative twice. And those who've been in contact with positive tests will have an instant testing as well. I mean, that sounds good. I mean, that sounds smart. That sounds like you're covering your bases for the most part with testing. Um, and the idea, like, obviously, look, if you have enough tests, you don't need people to quarantine because um, you know whether they have it or not. So I think that that is, um, that is important. Um, and, you know, obviously, I think the biggest issue we've talked about with testing from the jump has been the idea that, you know, baseball can't have unlimited testing if America doesn't have unlimited testing. And if people who are sick in America can't get tests when they need them, but baseball players are getting tested multiple times a week, it's a bad look optically. Uh, so it does seem like we are heading in the right direction on both those fronts, um, as that would be the plan. More from Manfred. Some interesting quotes um, from Manfred um, on CNN. Um, he said, I think it's hopeful that we will have some Major League Baseball this summer, which is good to hear that as a positive. He was bullish, it seemed. He later said, I have great confidence that we will reach an agreement with the Players Association. And like I said, I do think that um, when it all is said and done, that Manfred, for example, among many other people in Major League Baseball, will not allow this to fall through. Like, they will not allow baseball to get such a black eye on it as a sport that millionaires and big billionaires arguing about money couldn't come back and play when they were able to figure out in a way that was, you know, safety-wise and health-wise acceptable to the powers that be, the health experts, the players themselves, ultimately, which is obviously part of the discussion as well. Um, there's just too much at stake here. Um, I mean, we all, uh, not we all, but certainly those of us old enough to remember 1994, the strike, I mean, that that really did hinder some people's interest in baseball. I mean, they didn't finish a season. They didn't have a World Series. And it took... The the steroid era, it took 1998, it took McGuire and Sosa for people to be interested in baseball again, legitimately. I mean, that's a real thing. And this would be 8 billion times worse than that work stoppage. Um, no one likes millionaires and billionaires fighting over money. In this case, it would be millionaires and billionaires fighting over money while over 30 million people are unemployed, while um, the country is, is being ravaged by a... a, a a virus and people are dying and people are sick and people's family members are sick. And again, everyone has lost their job and so many people have lost their job and people are furloughed and this and that, like, like it would be the worst look in the history of the sport, potentially like since the 1919 black Sox scandal legitimately for like, like the integrity of the sport, um, taking such a massive, massive disastrous hit, um, so I do think that ultimately these people will figure it out. They're too smart. There are too many people involved um, who care about the, the good of the game, the long-term good of the game, that eventually I think they will figure it out. More from Manfred talking about testing, and he said, we have developed protocols. Uh, mentioned they'd be testing players multiple times a week, as we mentioned, would be supplemented by antibody testing as well. He says, we hope we will be able to convince the vast majority of players that it is safe to return to work. At the end of the day, if there are players with health conditions, or their own personal doubts, we will never force players to come to work. That is good to hear. Not surprising, but still good to hear. Um, Manfred says he talked to the 18 governors in the states where there are 
MLB teams, and he said that most of them believe games without fans are possible, noting, of course, contingency plans, um, depending on, on how things shake out. Uh, he's, as I mentioned before, the agreement with the lab in Utah is important um, uh, in terms of testing and viability there. Um, Manfred also talked a little bit about the economic effects of uh, if there weren't a season, saying it would be devastating for the teams. He said owners could lose up to $4 billion if no season is played. So there's a financial incentive for owners to get out on the field. That's for sure. No matter how much they're losing this year, quote unquote, they're not losing $4 billion. Um, he said playing in empty, empty stadiums is not a great deal for us. But he stresses that the owners are committed to getting back on the sport to bring the country some level of normalcy. Yes! That is exactly what we've been saying this whole time. It is incredibly important. Incredibly important that that does not get in the way that they, the greater good is on the table here. Um, he says, I'm hopeful we will get past this and we will return to our business as we've traditionally known it. So... That is, uh, you know, hopeful stuff. I think having great comp the the phrase Rob Manfred has great confidence that the sport will return this summer is a good thing. I mean, that's a, a positive thing. And again, um, I think that ultimately, when all is said and done, even though right now there's a lot of bluster on both sides, um, I think that when all is said and done cooler heads will prevail the greater good will prevail and everyone will figure out that all right like yeah we're not making as much money as we were going to but we're in a lot better shape than everyone else and we have a chance to do something that is righteous and good for america and let's be real we also have a chance from a business perspective to be the first sport back that's massive they have a chance to be the first word back. I mean, look, 55 million people watched the NFL draft. 55 million people. People are craving sports. Baseball actually really, I mean, from a from a financial perspective, if you want to talk about that, which is what they're squabbling about, I mean, they have a, a real opportunity here to, to create a, a, a something that that is – they could charge whatever they want for advertising, theoretically, you know, based on on the potential for the massive, massive levels of viewership that they could have if they're the fourth sport back and is back where other sports aren't back. I mean, that could be such a big deal for the sport moving forward and now. So uh, we'll continue to monitor it. Obviously, I think there's, again, if, if you're asking me what do I think happens, I think they play baseball in early July. I think that's where we're headed, and thank goodness. Um, I think they figure it out. I, I don't think that there's any way that um, money will be the reason they don't play. Again, I know that these two sides are firmly entrenched where they are, but I feel very confident that when it's all said and done, we will get baseball, and thank goodness for that. Obviously, we'll continue to cover the story and um, talk about everything that comes out. All right, some Philly stuff quickly. As um, We haven't had a chance to talk much Phillies. I did want to get into... Um, few things particularly the jt Armido contract we talked a couple weeks ago about it and um you know just the general fact that the phillies have not um re-signed him to begin with is uh you know borderline malpractice they traded their top prospect for him and um he is bryce harper's best friend on the team and he's a massive part of the future they promised bryce harper they would compete and all that um so 
I mean, it's a disaster that they've not signed him yet and that they're in this situation. Now, granted, one of the, the potential side effects of, of this whole situation for baseball with the money they're going to lose this year and all that is that there's a real likelihood that free agent contracts this offseason are, are incredibly depressed because of that. I think that there is a real likelihood that teams are going to say, hey, we just lost a lot of money. We're not going to be able to pay what we would have paid before, which actually in a weird way could work into the Phillies' favor that they're – malpractice from an organizational perspective could actually end up being lucky because it could come back and that the market is depressed and they get Romuto back a little cheaper than they would have before. But um, they didn't handle this right. They didn't play it right. I don't think there's any way that you could argue that. Um, speaking of, of the situation, though, um, you know, it's tough. They're in a tough spot with Romuto right now because you don't want to lose him. If you lose him, it's a disaster. Um, he said, Romito admitted in an article to Matt Gelb on The Athletic um, that he would have signed a long-term extension with the Phillies in March or decided to play out the season and hit free agency, um, that being his choice, that there's a good date that by this day, yeah, I would have known one or the other, he said. So there's uncertainty in our household. Like if it were just a normal season, he would have signed a deal or, or jumped into the season. Um, and it's delayed his decision. Um so um, talking about where they were at at the time, he says, we weren't quite there yet. The discussions were being held. Uh, I think it was going to start moving pretty quickly, really, to be honest. We only had two weeks left in spring training. There was definitely a feeling things were about to start moving pretty quickly, and we just never got going. So he said the Phillies never made him a, fi- a formal offer, um, but that it was going to start moving forward. And, um, I mean, again, I think the Phillies allowing it to wait that long and putting themselves in that situation – was a massive, massive mistake on their part. They, they should have signed him last season. They just didn't want to mess with the luxury tax. That's a whole separate discussion or whatever. Um, but I think now they've, they're in a corner where an 82-game season, there is absolutely zero reason for JT Romito to sign a long-term extension at this point. Like All he has to do is get through what is normally a half a season. Half a season, and he's a free agent. I mean, why would you potentially, you know, I mean, no matter what, you're going to have a better chance in the open market. I mean, the Phillies are going to offer him what they're going to offer him. That offer is going to be there. If he goes out in the open market and wants to come back, you know, theoretically that should be there. I mean, you never know what happens. Maybe he's going to overplay his hand and end up screwing himself. But more likely than not, I mean, going into the open market is an advantage. And the Phillies were the only team that had the opportunity to talk to him, to sign him early, and they didn't do it. And now... I don't see any way J.T. Romito is not a free agent after this season. I don't see any way that the Phillies get a long-term deal done before unless, I mean, he would have to, J.T. Romito would have to so desperately want to stay in Philly and not even want to test the waters. Um, and I just don't see that happening. And, and as a result, the Phillies have put themselves in a real precarious situation where they could either have to overpay if the market's not as depressed as we think, or they could lose J.T. Romito. And again, this is a guy that, that, that they traded their best prospect for their best prospect and a guy who is a major part of their core you know he's the best player in his position in the sport it's an important position and he's Bryce Harper's buddy and they told Bryce Harper they were going to try and win you don't not re-sign JT Romuto if you're going to do that so it's a really precarious situation and it is um I'm nervous I'm nervous about it I ultimately think that 
he is more important to the Phillies than to anyone else. So ultimately, it will get figured out. They will sign him this offseason, as my guess. But man, um, they didn't handle this great. And we'll see what happens. But um, I'm incredibly, incredibly nervous about it. I legitimately, um, I I have said for a long time with the offseason prior and all that, oh, don't worry. They're not going to let Romito go. I mean, come on. Like, right? They're not going to let Romito go. And, and now I don't know. Now they might not have a choice, and it's incredibly nervous. All right, two other things I want to mention quickly. Uh, one I, I mentioned yesterday leading in, um, Bryce Harper uh, went on a, a Barstool podcast and uh, made a little bit of national news, not real national news, but um, you know, a little bit talking about how he couldn't believe that Major League Baseball wasn't going to send pro players to the Olympics. And really how strongly he felt that he wanted to play in the Olympics and he thought that it was ridiculous, literally ridiculous, that Major League Baseball wasn't trying to grow the game through playing players in the Olympics. Um, I love Bryce Harper. I could not disagree with him more. I don't care at all about the Olympics. Not, I mean, I do in general, and I, I you know, I'm root for America and all that type of stuff, but I don't need my baseball players playing in the Olympics. I don't want them risking injury in the middle of the season. It'd be one thing if the Olympics didn't take place literally right in the middle of your baseball season. So, you know, Harper's plan, you shut down Major League Baseball for three weeks so that these guys can go play in the Olympics. I know they've done that in hockey before. It feels crazy to me for a sport that, honestly, no one really cares about in the Olympics, comparatively. Bryce, you're already playing in the biggest tournament in the world for baseball. It's called the Major League Baseball season. It's called trying to win the World Series. That's what matters, period. It's just the truth. Um, I understand why Harper or someone would want to go represent his country and play in the Olympics and experience that. I, I get that for sure. Um, I just disagree. I just don't care. I mean, look, baseball hasn't even been a sport in the Olympics for like 12 years or whatever it's been. I mean, they got rid of it. So um, it just doesn't feel to me like something that is important, you know, and I, I feel I feel much more concerned with the Phillies record than I do about what the Olympics. I just do. It's just what it is. So I, I have no desire to see my star players uh, on my team go over there. And then you also get in the situation where um, certain teams will have more guys going, less guys going. Those teams are at greater risk. Again, you're right in the middle of the season and you're talking about the potential for injury. You're talking about guys expending effort this that like you only have so many bullets you're right in the heart of the season will they get hurt because of it i mean there's just so many pandora's boxes so to speak that you're opening by sending players to the olympics again not to mention shutting down the season for three weeks right in the middle of it pitchers like the vast majority of players aren't going to the olympics you know like two percent of major league baseball players would go um or one percent or whatever it is um, what about all those pitchers who don't? Do they just chill for three weeks? Like, let their arms cool down? I mean, it just it's just not feasible. I mean, holistically, it's fine. Like, I have no problem with, in a in a perfect world, players, professional players playing in the base, baseball in the Olympics. Um, it's just not practical in this situation. It just doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. And um, sorry, Bryce. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I, uh, you know? You already play for the Phillies. That's all I care about. And I think most people really only care about their baseball team. You know, we're, we're all rooting for America, but I'm not going out of my way to potentially um, to the detriment of my team's chances to win a World Series when all is said and done, whatever that detriment is, whether, again, potential for injury, um, 
out of a flow, other guys on the team who aren't going getting hurt, having to sit for too long, people losing the rhythm, like all this stuff. Like it's just, um, it's just not worth it. Um, so again, I, I love the the heart behind it, and I love the the soul that Harper feels so strongly about this issue, and is so passionate about um, thinking it's it's crazy that Major League Baseball doesn't send players, but. Um, content wise, I just disagree. I just strongly disagree. I don't care. I would much rather, uh, worry about Bryce Harper playing for the Phillies and, uh, just not for the Olympics. And it is what it is. And I, I, in, on a, on a different level too, I, I do enjoy the amateur aspect of the Olympics. Like I don't, like I, the dream team was fun and all that, but like, I don't ever think professional players should be in the Olympics. I think it should be the, the younger guys, Miley guys, they get that experience, all that. Like, I just think that's the way to do it anyway. So on a, on a basic level, I think the, I mean, that's what the Olympics were supposed to be initially and all that stuff. So I don't know. Um, I just don't need to see a bunch of major league baseball players go over and dominate the, and win a gold medal and come back and yay rah, rah. Like it's just not going to do anything for, for me from that perspective. So, uh, stay here and play baseball as far as I'm concerned. All right. Last thing to get into, um, before, uh, we head into the weekend here. Um, last Phillies-related thing. I mentioned it earlier in the week, too, but we never got to really break it in. But I um, announced that uh, there is a Roy Halladay documentary uh, called Imperfect E60 ESPN. Um, we'll be airing it May 29th, the anniversary of his perfect game. Um, Sunday, May 29th. Um, or Friday, excuse me, Friday, May 29th. And uh, it's called Imperfect. And if you've seen the trailer, you know that it is not going to be an easy watch. You know, this is not something that's just about Roy Halladay and what a great baseball player he was. This is about Roy Halladay, the person, and the demons that he was facing and the issues he had and, and things that ultimately, you know, put together led to his untimely death. So um, I'm obviously incredibly interested in seeing it. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I don't feel like it's the right phrasing, but I, I am I'm very interested to see it um, and to learn more about Halliday and, and to understand what he was struggling with and, you know, it, seemingly w- what made it so hard for him to, to do what he did every day. Um, and then, of course, also reality the player and seeing that greatness and that attention to detail and that effort and that work hard mentality and all that like I, you know I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm very interested to see all of it but I, I do think it's going to be a really tough watch I mean if you watch the trailer go watch it if you haven't seen it go watch trailer. It's it's gripping and it is um, it is uh, painful in a lot of ways and again it just really makes you realize how much he was going through you know that it wasn't um, you know, I think a lot of times we just look at our athletes on our teams as kind of these robots to go out and and perform this task. And, and especially a guy like Halliday was so um, consistent as a player and as a worker and everything he did to, to, to be that consistent. You know, you forget about the human side of things. You know, you forget these people are all human beings. And that they have their own issues and their own demons and their own things that they struggle with. And it seems like for Roy Halladay, he had more than most. And it seems like part of that is what went into making him so great, what went into that quest for perfection and all that that he had. But on the flip side, a lot of it ended up, you know, being a hindrance to him in a lot of ways too. Um, So 
Uh, it's called Imperfect, which I think is a um, obviously clearly a, a good name for it, and and help describe kind of what what was happening with him and what he's going through the quest for perfection, but no one able to be perfect. Um, and I just think it, it looks very compelling. And uh, and if you can you know handle it, if uh, you know it's going to be again at times really tough, a tough watch I think. But um, I also think it's going to be illuminating and um, fascinating. And, and I always want to celebrate the life of of Holiday, which I'm sure it does that as well. So. Um, that should be really interesting. So that is May 29th. I'm sure we'll talk about it again as it's coming up. And of course, after it happens, we'll, we'll break it down. We'll talk about it here as well. So, um, hopefully there's a real chance that next week we're talking and, and baseball has agreed to a deal and we'll let baseball back and let's just all keep our fingers crossed for that, that the millionaires and billionaires can sort this one out and that, um, we can be talking about baseball being back, which would be just such a breath of fresh air for a country that, that certainly needs it. So um, until next week, uh, everyone, stay safe, uh, stay healthy. Um, genuinely appreciate you taking the time to listen to this show. And um, I look forward to continuing to, to do it and continuing to talk about the sport we love um, until we actually have it back, which hopefully, hopefully might not be as long as, uh, as we thought it could be. So, uh, again, everyone have a wonderful weekend. Until next week, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.